four or five more weeks where the kiddos go to Children's Church in the Fellowship Hall. Uh, One of the goals is with our renovations is that our kids can stay in the main facility for safety purposes, uh, and that is getting really, really close. So um, continue to pray for that. Um, Another thing that I just want to do this morning uh, before we jump into the the service is... um, I sent out a, uh, you'll be getting a, either in the mail or you'll pick it up, a giving statement. I don't look at the giving statements. I don't know who gives what, uh, but I always put a letter in with those giving statements, just, just telling our, donor, you know, our, our faith family to give thank you um, and just kind of you know, celebrating what God has done and, and kind of looking forward to what God will do in this new year. But uh, I make a mention of, of three important leaders in our church, uh, and I just am going to recognize them now especially because we have some folks that are new or newer visitors or have been here a little bit and don't understand all that we do here. There's a lot of people that serve in a lot of different ways to accomplish the ministry God leads us to do. Uh, but I would like our lay pastors to stand up. I just want you to see these men and pray for them because they're volunteers and they put in a lot of time here serving you. Stand on up. Yeah, there we go. They don't want to and they don't want recognition. But I just want you to know who they are. Pastor Eddie, Pastor John, and Pastor Marcello in so many different ways. Uh, they, they are serving alongside me, and, and it's a huge blessing to me. So, uh, John, still, you can go and sit down now, John. Everybody else is sat down. No. John also serves as the foil to me all the time. I always, you know, I like to think I'm funny, uh, and we, we barb each other. But I love these men and their wives and, and how they serve. Uh, this morning, we're going to be back uh, in Genesis chapter 12. And uh, last week, I, I kind of made mention uh, I had not really dove into the text as I had normally wanted to, and, and, um, and we, 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 we kind of looked at the introduction to pursuing God's will, responding to God's call. That theme will be the same. Uh, we're going to be back in the beginning part of chapter 12 as well. Um, I promise, though, it won't be like what's going on in TV, you know, this impeachment trial. When I've watched it, it's the same stuff that's been said for months and months. I promise you that, and everyone knows what the outcome is going to be, I think, uh, and, and it might go on a lot longer. I promise as I'm preaching back to the first part of chapter 12, we will not be like the impeachment trial, okay? Uh, I promise, I promise. So, um, uh, But I, I definitely hope every time we gather to worship, every time we gather to, to break God's Word together, uh, that we, uh, we always are hearing something fresh from the Lord. Uh, and so, uh, would you pray with me, and then we'll, we'll uh, dive into the text this morning. Father, I am grateful, Father, for, um, Lord, the fact, Lord, that though we are broken and, and cast away, Father, you call us. And Lord, as we look at the beginnings of this narrative of the, uh, the, the, the work that you did through these amazing men, Father, that, are, that we call them the patriarchs, Father, I ask Father, that we might, Lord, also hear from you, Lord, on how you have called us despite our brokenness. And, Father, as you have redeemed us in your grace, Lord, the, well, we sang about that just now. But, Father, help us, Father, to pursue you the right way, God, so we can discern your will. Father, for all those that have responded and continue to respond, Father, I'm so grateful for those that have found their place in the faith family. Uh, but, Father, we know, God, we are an extension of this blessing and of this call of Abraham, Father. That's who we are as the church of Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you would continue, 
Lord, to call us out individually, Father, but also corporately, Lord, that we might also multiply this blessing as you promised Abram that you would multiply the blessing you were going to give him. Father, let us, Lord, Lord, just live, Lord, with a, with a heavenly intention in our lives and, Lord, not just focused on the earth. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we are going to just look at the, the first three verses this morning. Michaela, would you go ahead and pop that up, Genesis 12, 1 through 3? It's not exceptionally long, but let's just read it together again, and we're just going to camp out in these verses. Uh, my intention is that we won't be terribly long this morning, but I, I think there's, there's something more we need to hear from these verses, because uh, I really was intending on going ahead and jumping into um, you know, the, the beginning of the, of the blessing that we see work itself out after God makes these promises as he calls Abraham out. Uh, you know, we see them going to Egypt. <laughs> we see the mess that he makes of it, but how God still works in, in fulfilling his promises. But uh, as I was studying, I just felt like we needed to camp out here another week. Uh, and, and before I, I read the text, I, I also want to just make a quick point. I, I just made it a bit last week, but the journey actually has already begun uh, for this family before we get to Genesis chapter 12. Uh, we see that, uh, you know, uh, Abram and his family, they're in Terah. They're, not Terah, they're in Ur. Terah's the father. Uh, we, we know that, that they're, they're more than likely a descendant of, of Shem. I believe definitely we are a descendant of Shem here after the flood. But then we see that the terrible thing that happened, the, the godly line is distorted again. And we know it's distorted because there's a direct line from, from Noah back to, to Abram and his family. But his daddy's name is, is Terah, which it means the moon. I mean, and, and they were known to worship the moon in this place. And so he's, he, he, he's definitely in, in a pagan setting, but something moves Terah and his family out of Ur. We're not exactly sure what it is. And, and they make it, we see here just down the road, um, they, they make it you know, not very far, but, but they, they, do, they do travel out a bit. But then it says that they stop. And it's basically about halfway from Ur down, down to Canaan, down to, to the place where God wants to lead this family, particularly Abram, and they stop there. Uh, and, and then we get to the text, and it says, The Lord said to Abram, Go out from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt, and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. What an amazing promise he makes uh, to Abram. Um, And and we're going to kind of try to jump into some of the nuts and bolts of, of some of this um, but, but one thing that we see that's very distinct here uh, about what God is doing in Abram's life that I think can make a direct correlation to us and God's calling to us to walk in obedience, to step out in faith, is that we, you know, God doesn't tell Abram exactly all that's going to happen. He doesn't even tell him exactly where he's going to go. And I'm sure whenever God spoke to Abram the way that he did, we're not sure about that. I'm sure Abraham was like, well, what, what is it? No, what, God, what is it you really want me to do? And, 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 and I, it, from reading the text, it's, it's as though that God just says, don't worry about it. 
Don't, don't, don't worry about the, uh, about, about the what you're going to be doing. Don't worry about the where you're going to be doing. Don't worry about the how it's going to happen. God tells him, you just worry about the who. Who it is that you're going to be following. And it's almost this idea of just, just, just close your eyes and grab my hand. I will take you to where I want you to go. Now, I, I, I really and truly believe that, that that is how God works, even for us. Um, you know, we spend so much time worrying and being concerned about the details of our lives, and oftentimes we neglect the who on what we're doing every day. Big picture and small picture stuff. But the, 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 the key, the, the, the important aspect of discerning God's will and responding to God's call is to trust Him and focus on Him and not the details. Hopefully as we go through this text, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of catch more of what that really looks like. Now, the, the, the first, the, i got three main points. It won't be a, a long sermon, but the first point here is this, is that it is a personal decision to follow God. It is a personal decision to follow Him. Nobody else can make a decision for you to be in the will of God. Nobody else can do it to you. You don't inherit God's will, okay? Uh, the only thing you inherit is curses from your family, possibly, in the cycle. But you, you do not, just by osmosis, get where God wants you to be, okay? God calls, I believe, I, in my, in my, 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 the way I believe how God moves, I believe he calls every human being that's, that's created on this earth. I am convicted by that. But not everybody responds. In fact, very few respond. But you have to move. When you look at the text in, in uh, verse 1, it says, The Lord said to Abram. The, the, the literal translation uh, of this text is he, he was moving with his family, and they only got so far and they stopped. And then that's when God calls. And literally it means, whenever God says here, it says, Abram, get yourself up out of that and go. He says, don't stay there anymore. Move. Do something with what I'm calling you. Don't just sit there anymore. You have to respond. And, and, and it's a personal decision. He couldn't rely on his daddy to take him where he needed to go. Okay? Uh, he had to make that, that, that decision to move on his own. Now, guys, um, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a statement here that uh, I, I, the desire of my heart is that you would hear from God and, and, and not from me. But I'm, I'm really convicted about this. It is, it is really amazing what we have got to experience here. Uh, in our church, it, it's 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 really amazing. And some of you, your maybe you know your church experience has been just in the last few years. But I just want you to know uh, the movement that we've seen here is is something different from the experiences that I've mostly had in in my thirty plus years of being a Christian. It's been phenomenal, um, and and it, and it's something that that is great and it's attractive. Okay, and and a lot of people. I mean, I've had people talk to me about it. I've had people call me from other places in the state because they've heard about, you know, the number of people we've baptized and the ministry that's happened in a rural community. Some of these things have been happening in great significant ways, a lot of times in urban settings and church planning settings. But it's been really phenomenal what God has done at First Baptist Mason. Uh, you know, if, you're, if you've been here longer than four or five years, you'll... Just go to a business meeting, and we'll, we'll attest to the good stuff whenever you're just in the workings of the business. But here's what I want you to know about God's call, whether it's, and I believe serving the local church is a huge part of it, 
uh, but it's also in other, other areas of your life. Uh, whenever we look at God's calling and people responding, especially here and, then, and also in, in, in the Great Commission, okay? We're in Matthew 28. We're told to, to go and make disciples. The imperative is to make disciples. But there's also this action point. And listen to this. God does not call groupies, okay? He doesn't need groupies to tag around and, and, and be a part of just a part of the setting, he wants people to move, and he wants people to serve in obedience and not just be a part of it, okay? To literally, for his life to overcome your life. And, and I don't know what motivates you to be a part of a church. I don't know what motivates you to want to seek God's will. I can only assume every one of you here have that desire. But it's a personal decision that you have to respond to. I will not be held accountable for your decisions. Okay? I'll be held accountable for my leading of my family, my responding to God, and obviously my leading as a pastor. But I'm not, I am not held accountable for your decisions. You have to decide to follow God. And you cannot be a part of a movement of God unless you're moving. God calls us to respond. He calls us to move. And, and I think that's very clear from this decision. God wants you to step out whenever he speaks to you. Last week, I, I, I um, just talked about responding to God's call and, and, and just a really simple, generic way about we, we want to know God's specific will, but you can't even begin to understand it until you seek his general will. There's so much that God wants you to do that you don't have to pray about it a lot. You don't have to seek great wisdom. It's in his word. Okay? He wants you to worship. He wants you to read his word. He wants you to be in accountable relationships. He wants you praying. He wants you sharing your faith. And when you seek God out in that way, he eliminates a lot of other stuff. Uh, and he begins to reveal his plan for you. But, but it calls for your response. And, and so, I mean, that, that's the main point of the message today is calling for your response. The next thing we see here in this text is that you have to let go of your security in order to respond to God. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Uh, we see here with Abram, uh, you know, he, he was called, and, and, he, and when, I, when you read this, you kind of get the ideas with his family, and maybe he's like a newlywed, and, you know, and he's just getting a start, but that's not the case here, okay? Abram's an old guy. He, he, he's, even though we see some, some astonishing ages in, in Genesis, uh, I think 75 is still pretty old, right? Okay, all right? And, and, and I don't think it's changed any time. He, he was probably in good shape for his age. But he's still an older guy. And, and we see as he moves later on in the text, you see he takes all these possessions with him and he has to move out. Um, but he has to step out into a really dangerous place. He has to step out in faith. It's a step of faith. And, and he has to let go of, of the complete security of living within the clan, of his father's clan, and, and under you know, what his name was. I mean, his identity was tied in with his father. And, and, and he has to step out of that and trust God completely. And when we pursue God's will, when he calls us, and I think that's something we have to consider, are we stepping out of the security that we have? Is God the only security that we need? I want you to do something. I, I, I got this from somebody else, but I want you to try something, okay? Um, everybody stick. You don't, you don't have to participate. I'm not going to watch and take a blister. But here's just a little, some little action steps. Everybody just stick out your hands. Just stick out your hands. As you get your hands out, 
Notice, and I'm just looking at my hands and not your hands. But just imagine the things that are most dear to you, the things that are most important to you. I mean, you think of value. I mean, it it might be a, you know, a 401k. It it, it might be relationships. It, It might be your family. It might be your job. I mean, this thing that you value so much has a lot to do with your identity, how you identify yourself whenever you think about decisions that you make and and responding to in, in, in major or minor ways these things are always at the forefront of your mind it's in your hands right now if you can see it and just you know j- j- just cover your other hand up i mean you're holding it tightly because you want to protect it okay now j- just imagine this are you willing to take the things that are so valuable and important to you are you, are you really and truly wanting to respond to God and be obedient? Are you prepared to let go of that and give it to God no matter what he says to do with it? We're going to see this, this theme repeat itself in the patriarch story. Is there something that's so important to you that you're not willing to give it to God even if he says, do something with this, give it away, Called to missions, called to service, called to, to a specific type of generosity, called to change your vocation, called to change your routine. I don't know what it is, but what is it that, that you hold on to that gives you security that in your mind you're saying, this is, this is who I am and, 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 and there, nothing's going to change that because I'm going to hold on to it. I want you to know my view as a Christian is that is wrong. We have to grow to a place if we're really wanting to walk in faith and know God's will, there's nothing that we will hold on to so tight that we're not willing to give it to God on a daily and consistent basis. I think it's sinful to do that. And and, and I I just want you to think about responding to God's call. Abram, I mean, we read the story of this cat, and and, and it's, it's, it's pretty bizarre, okay? You don't think of a man called the friend of God doing the things that he's going to do. We don't see that. We'll, we'll, jive, jive in, we'll dump, uh, jump into it in the next few weeks. But he was willing to move and individually respond and to step out of his own security and to trust God no matter what. And I just want you to know my, God might be calling you to do that. I want to just share a quick little t- mini testimony about God is calling you to do that. And sometimes if we refuse or we're not listening or paying attention because we're so busy, sometimes God might do that for us. Um, five plus years ago, six years ago, probably about six years ago, uh, we were living in South Fort Worth. Uh, I was attending seminary at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. It's some, some, some great years in my life. Uh, never been so broke in my life. Uh, but man, it was some of the best times in my life. It's amazing how that works out sometimes as you look back. Uh, but, you know, it was hard working, going to school full-time, Rachel raising kids, wanting to have more babies. Didn't understand that, but we had more babies. If I didn't go to seminary, I don't think we'd have Ethan here with us. So um, anyway, so but we're, we're doing that. It's really difficult. But, I, you know, I, I intentionally did not go and get a job at, as a minister in the church, though I'd already been doing that for 10-plus years. When I went to seminary, because I knew I was going to be working a lot, Rachel was going to be staying at home, and I was going to be going to school trying to pay for it. And I said, I'm just going to just focus on the family, just focus on work. And I've been doing that. But uh, when I'm about a year or so away from graduating, I felt, 
I felt the Lord leading to go back in the local church. And I don't know if it was the Lord or me just itching, but I, I wanted to do it. And, I, and, I, and so I began to seek out a place of service. And eventually we were called to Middle Othian um, uh, to a church called the um, uh, uh, Mountain Peak Community Baptist Church. It's where I came from when I came here. Uh, and uh, we were there for about two years of uh, the church. Uh, had been planted about uh, eight years before, and it had really plateaued, and the, the, the mother church uh, wasn't quite ready for it to take off because it just hadn't exploded. It hadn't grown like they thought it would. And there were, I mean, there, there's millions of people living around it. There's houses being built everywhere. They had this property, and it didn't make any sense why it wasn't growing, and they just need a pastor. So I came, commuting from Fort Worth, eventually bought a house in Waxahachie, and just, just you know, working as hard as I could. I, I was a bivocational pastor. If you don't know what that terminology is, it meant I, the church didn't have enough money to pay me so I could be full-time. So I was still working my job in Fort Worth, and I was a pastor uh, in, in, in this church. And, and, and it, it was a tough time, but we, we enjoyed it. I was away from Rachel and the kids way too much. We couldn't afford to buy a house in Middle Othian. But man, I, I was preaching regularly and I was, you know, reaching out to people at night when I could and, and we were trying to get something going. And we had two big things happen right off the bat. The, 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 first, uh, the first month I was there, we had some folks that worked in the sound booth that weren't married, a man and a woman, and they had an affair. It was horrible, you know, it was horrible. Uh, we had to work through that. I got the former pastor, Dr. Peterson, to kind of help me with that. And he's like, man, this is amazing. You're dealing with this in the first month. Six months later, we had a young man, 29 years old, a father, husband. He committed suicide. I mean, it, it was rough. It was a rough experience, a lot of emotions for us and for that church. But, man, we were, we were, we were passionate about it. And I, every time we had a, a setback, I was still committed the more that this is where God wanted me to be. And um, I, I just was just, just, just wrapped up in it as much and as, as tightly as I could be. And uh, there were some signs that I was getting from Rachel that something had to change. I was trying to get, find a job closer to home. I was trying to get finished with school really quickly. And uh, Anyways, the long, the, long, the long of it is I had called, asked a friend to come and help me kind of do some, some strategic planning to kind of redo some, some retooling of the church because we just weren't growing. We weren't reaching Despite all the efforts, despite all the prayers, despite all the things, and and um, and pretty quickly we formed a little committee of the core people that were the most committed to the church and the people that were most committed to following me, and um, and then <laughs> it's funny within just a few weeks two of those people left the church, and I was like this is bizarre they weren't mad at me but I, I brought a friend in and and he told me uh, he said Ryan um, I think you need to go to full time church. I don't think these people want a pastor. I think they want a chaplain. And it ticked me off. I did not want to hear that. You ever ask for advice and you get it and it makes you mad? You wish you hadn't asked for it, you know? Well, something else has happened at the exact same time all this stuff is happening, okay? Um, uh, also, what's going on is that, you know, uh, my wife um, is just a, an amazing servant. And you see her up here and what she does. And she's just as committed to, to, to church and to our call together as I am. And Rachel, and, and I'm, I've been thinking back on this, really, in the, up to that point we were married uh, maybe 13, 14 years, I don't think Rachel ever had had a speeding ticket, ever. Uh, I've had them, and I just take defensive driving. Bam, done. You know, it doesn't bother me. Just, you can't have one in six months, right? That's how that works. So outside of six months, you're good. Um, but uh, also, you know, she'd never had a wreck, ever, ever had a wreck. 
And within 18 months, she had three wrecks, all those wrecks with the kids in the car. We've been living with her nearly four months. The first time, wife calls you, she's had a wreck. You kind of get a little irritated, okay? Uh, but, you know, it's okay, we're going to deal with it. So I got insurance, had good insurance at the time, didn't cost a lot. That first wreck kind of messed it up. Um, she had another wreck 18 months later. And the second one for her husband, now I'm getting a little irritated. You know, I'm ticked off. You know, what? Get, get your head. You know, get it on straight. You know, I just, all these things. And, and the, the insurance really is messed up now. Six weeks later, she had another stinking wreck. Okay? She wrecked all the vehicles that I had financed. Okay? Every one of them. Okay? And now I'm kind of slow. I'm not the brightest crayola in the box. I know that. But I'm broad enough to see something was going on there. Because um, that just doesn't happen. And, I, and whenever that happened, I thought, holy cow. God, what are you trying to tell me? I mean, even my, my family friend in the insurance business in San Angelo said, man, what's going on with your wife? You know, is she on drugs or something, you know? And I realized that, that I had to spend some serious time praying. And about the same time she had that last wreck is when my friend told me, I think you need to go find a full-time church. I didn't want to hear it. I was ticked off. She had that wreck. Um, and I thought, you know what, I, I, need, I need to take some time away and pray and see, God, what are you doing here? Because uh, I, But I, I just had, it had to do with this church. I knew I had to do something to get this church to grow. And I've been preparing for this moment for 15 years of my life and trying to finish college and getting married. We both feel a call and having a family and got to get to seminary. It's about this, God. I know it's about this, but it's just not working. And we took a little vacation. And I just spent some time, and I finally had to say, you know what, God? I, I, I'm done. I don't, I, I'm not saying I'm done with the church, but I just, I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's this. I, I just got to let this go. Because you're doing some stuff, and, and I'm worried what's going to happen next. What is it you want me to do? On that vacation is the first time I saw the ad for the First Baptist Church of Mason. Okay? Uh, and, um, and I thought, man, there's something going on here. Now, guys, I wish I could tell you that your pastor was so in tune with the Spirit uh, that, and, and so released of, of, of my identity is only in Christ and not in position. I, my, my, my security was in I was the pastor and that I had this call. And this is what I'm going to do no matter what. And I had the blinders on. And God was calling me to let go of that. And I, I, and I had just I refused to let go until God just slapped it out of my hands completely. I don't know, I don't know how that relates to you in responding to God's call, but I just want you to know, if you're his child, he wants to get you to where he wants you to be. I mean, life is a journey following him, and, and it's going to be so much easier to let go, because I can tell you, you can hang on. You can hang on longer than you should, and, and pursue your own will. I mean, just think about this. Uh, how do we move as a country? Here, here is what one of our, one of our founding fathers said, uh, John Adams uh, people t say that this is a Christian nation, and they always point back to how it began. And I agree, a lot of them were, were believers. And so a lot of them were biblical believers. But I do not attest that this is a Christian nation any longer. At least the majority of the people that live in this nation are far from God. Even if we live in the Mason bubble, I'm going to tell you it's a dark place. Listen to this. How do, how do we move from this? Uh, in 1789, John Adams wrote this. 
We have no government armed with the power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate uh, to the government of any other. Basically, Adam said, we know that God has led, this, led us to do this in this country, and, but it's only made, this, this Constitution, this way that we're preparing for is only made for a people that hold morality at a high standard and are people of faith. I mean, that, that's one of the founders. Praise God for men like that in leadership. How do we go from that perspective, which was, I believe, the majority of these founding fathers, to killing 60 million babies in under 50 years? How do we go there? How do we go there? And guys, I, I think it's real simple. We have put our security as a nation in other things besides God. We have pursued, pursued other things besides God. And, and you can't tell me if our nation can move that far, okay, away from God, I, I, I know that I'm capable too if I'm not willing to give him everything. You have to be prepared to give God your security. The last point I have, and then I'm done. We see in this, we see the Lord said to Abram that he had to go out from the land. Get yourself up out of here. He had to, and, and give up the, you know, your relatives in your, fa- in your father's house. You have to move. Then he says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and I will make, a, make you, a, you will be a blessing. I mean, he, just, he, he, he says, this is what I'm going to do when you respond to my call. I'm going to do something significant and amazing. We're an offshoot of that. We're a part of the fulfillment of Abraham's uh, uh, faithfulness. I mean, one of his distant descendants is Jesus Christ. That's who we are, and, and, and we're a fulfillment of that. Um, but, but look at, at the picture here of this work of of multiplication. He says, I'm going to bless you, but it's not going to just be a blessing for you. It's going to turn into a blessing for many others. And guys, whenever we respond to God's call, um, and we respond in the right way, I, I, I want to know, I, I am not a proponent of the prosperity gospel at all, okay? I'm not a word of faith guy at all. Some people you know, the, the, their whole theology is wrapped up in, in me being available and, and serving God with faith that I'm going to become healthy and wealthy. That's, that, that's the extent of it, basically. There's some other stuff to it. That's not who I am. But I do know this. Whenever I'm walking in faith, following God in obedience, and I'm moving and following Him when He calls, whenever I'm pursuing His general will, whenever uh, I, I'm, I'm making Him my security and nothing else, I've seen God bless me in, in amazing ways. I, I've seen God... You know, more than once, I've had bags of groceries left on my step. I've been given two vehicles. I found cash's uh, envelope of cash uh, in my pickup with a thousand dollars, and I was not in, nothing shady happened there. Okay, but I mean, just, 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 I've seen God bless. God's always provided in those difficult circumstances. I, I know what blessing's about. But here's what blessing is for. Do you see this blessing that comes to Abram? He says he's going to take that blessing and he's going to do something with it. He's going to multiply it. And guys, I I know as we seek out God's will, I want God's will for your life. I want God's blessing in your life. But what are you supposed to do with blessing? Uh, I pointed you you last week to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Uh, I had intentions of reading a lot more of this text than what I'm going to read right now. But but basically, here's what Paul says. And Paul's talking about the church giving financially. Okay, This is a part of it. It's not all of it, but it says in 2 Corinthians 9, 10, and 11, he says, 
Now the one who provides seeds for the sower and bread for food will also provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for all generosity, which produces thanksgiving to God through us. I just want, you to, I just want to ask you this question. Um, I've, I've told you you have to move and respond individually. You have to let go of the security. Think about the blessings that God has given you. Whether, whether it's money or whether it's, it's the things you're holding so dear, your family, um, have you taken that and given it back to God and to the kingdom? Because that's, that's what God's plan is for you. Basically, when you look at this text in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it says God doesn't give you seed and more seed just to ground up and make yourself a whole bunch of bread. God doesn't bless you so that he can so 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 that, so that you can can change your standard of living, okay? God doesn't 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 have the desire for you as a Christian to 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 get all this blessing to to make you better on the earth. You know why God gives you stuff? So you can be more generous with what God has given you. He wants you to give away what he has placed in your hands. That's why we pursue the kingdom. That's why we it's it's not about what we do here on this earth as we seek out God's will. When you are responding to God's call, it's a responding not to to finally put yourself in a position that you've always longed for so you can be great on the earth. It's to put yourself under the submission and direction of his blessing, but his call. And God wants you to live and serve for his glory. He does not want you to increase your standard of living by his blessing. He wants you to increase your standard of giving. The last thing I want to say is I I believe this wholeheartedly. Nothing is wasted in the Christian life if you're pursuing God. Nothing is wasted, okay? If you're really seeking after him and walking in faith and want to respond to his call, you have this perspective and this mindset that God, in the, the, in the increase and in the blessing, I'm going to be generous and I'm going to share. God, in the, in the struggle and in the pain and in the difficult stuff, I'm going to give testimony to your faithfulness and proclaim how great you are. We are told to, 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 to pray without ceasing, but Paul also tells us that we are to never stop praising him. We are to continually pursue the kingdom no matter what our circumstances are. Sometimes Christian groupies uh, um, are on the bandwagon whenever things are good. But God does not want a groupie. He wants you to be wholeheartedly in to follow him, to pursue him, to serve him. I go back and I mention this issue of of you know you look at the mess that we have with our government right now. We talked about these abortions, um, and 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 just that's just the tip of it. Guys, legislation ain't going to fix any of that. You know, a, a vote by the Senate is not going to put everything back in order. Um, the only way things will be be brought into order in our lives, in the lives of those around us, is Jesus Christ. Our proclamation of him and sharing the gospel with others to see their lives transformed. But it starts with you responding. Do you have a relationship with Christ? Are you really living in that relationship? Are you, are you convinced that your security is in him? That's what salvation is. I'm going to transfer my trust from holding on to this for everything. I'm going to let go of it because I know it ain't going to get me nowhere. 
and I'm going to turn and I'm going to grab a hold of what he offers, the cross. Father, I just am grateful, Lord, that your grace and your mercy abounds even after, Lord, we put our faith in you, Father. Lord, that you allow us to go through tragedy and heartache. Father, to get our attention whenever we get off focus. Father God, that you want to bless us. I'm convinced that you do want to bless us. Father, that you might multiply yourself, that we might give you away in our own lives, that we might share and be generous, help those that are in great need. But, Father, the the greatest need is a relationship with you. Father, I don't know where my friends that are here this morning are in their relationship and their walk, Father. Lord, I see fruit of much walking behind you. But, Father, I just ask this morning, If there's anybody here that does not have a relationship with you, they have never individually responded to the call of salvation. They're concerned that their eternity is not sealed in you. God, they want to follow you. Lord, I pray, God, they would come and and, and seek you out this morning. God, and we can have that discussion, but God, would you call them to respond? For those that that know they have that relationship, that they want to let go, God, you might be calling folks in here, Lord, to mission. Father God, you might just call folks in here, Lord, to greater commitment to you, to lead in their home. Father, I I don't know, Lord, what you're asking your people to do this morning, but I pray they would hear from heaven through your spirit and they would respond to your call. Lord, let us be a, a conduit of your grace, a conduit of your moving. Father, Lord, that it would be evident in our midst, Father, as we serve you in this church, Lord, that we are the fulfillment of these promises that Abraham received when he stepped out in faith. May we all step out in faith. Please stand on your feet. If God has called you to respond, to ask for help, to come down and pray, whatever that call may be, you be quick to respond to him. We'll have a song. You participate, but if God's calling and you stop singing and you do business with the Lord.
Father, I pray, God, hearing from you, Lord, you would help us, Lord, to, to let go of what we hang on to more tightly than you. Father, I pray, God, that every corner of our lives, Father, Lord, would be completely clean and, and, and free for you to take and serve. Lord, we don't have to clean it up. We just have to release it and ask for you to put it to work. Father, I pray, God, for the will of the people in this place, God, as they call after you, Father, Lord, reveal yourself in specific ways. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, we're going to have a song and uh, then we're